What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? It is I've Got Questions. I am your host, Jeremy Jager. At this point, you already know my name. If you don't know, um, I'm back. There's been a lot of things going on in the last week and a half. I guess it's the last episode. Um, sometimes it's hard to come back and um, really talk about a lot of these things because, you know, there's people out there who try to diminish um, what's going on or uh, try to desensitize us to things, you know. I mean, we are very desensitized as people anyway. Um, you know, there's so many things in a news story and, you know, how can you really blame us as, as people for, you know, I wish that more people cared rather than dance on TikTok. Um, but I understand why people are so distracted and get so distracted and are so distracted because there's so much going on. There's so much chaos and, and hate and murder in this world and um, rights being taken away that, you know, I think that it's hard to, I get why it's hard to, to think about it. I get why people say they aren't political, you know. But when it affects your life, you know, I don't see how you can just turn your back. You know, once, I always say this, you know, once it gets to your doorstep, that's the only time a lot of people seem to really react. And that's a problem. Um, I was at a party this weekend and, um, not a party, it was like literally sit down. <laughs> you know, they were barbecuing and um, I wasn't eating. Um, because I'm a vegan, and you know, I understood the the I, under, I understood the assignment going in that I really wasn't gonna have much to eat, so I ate before, um, and that was a whole thing too. Like, you know, I already have social anxiety, and I really came to this uh, party not really knowing anyone but two people, and um, you know, one of the people, I guess she was an older lady who. Um, was just very forceful with me about eating and or not even eating but taking something home and what she was trying to give me was like corn on the cob salad and beans and to me it's just like yo I literally have that stuff at home you know but it was kind of like they were trying to make it like or well, she was trying to make it like you know I wasn't being I, I don't know, respectful? Uh, she never said that, right? She actually apologized later on because I told her, I, I feel like I'm being attacked because it, it literally was going on for way too long. She was just like, oh, just eat. And then some other lady who apparently, you know, she's very iffy-like, I was told, came and then she was like, oh, it's not vegan enough for him. And I'm like, what? Where did that come from? You came from the other room to say that? And it's just like, leave people be. You know, I don't understand why me saying I didn't want to take your salad and your beans home was me not being vegan enough or it not being vegan enough. Um, it was a very strange moment because literally, like I told you a moment ago, I have social anxiety. Um, I really, really do. And many people don't know that. Um, sometimes I get looked at as this handsome blah, 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 this and that, I'm tall, I'm big, you know, and, and, you know, maybe people are interested in me, 
<laughs> but that doesn't mean anything to me because, you know, when people just want you for the outside, that doesn't mean anything to me, right? So I usually get kind of attacked in these kind of places because people think I'm too good when it's just like, yo, I'm just here to hang out and be around people. I, I, and I, I literally said, I, you know, I didn't come here to eat. I came here to hang out and meet new people, you know. But that, that wasn't enough to say it. I literally had to say things like that, and that still wasn't enough. It was very awkward for me. Um, and people don't really get that unless you're a person who, who does um, have social anxiety and other things in an anxiety period. Um, but needless to say, you know, um, I was there at this shindig because I hate to call it a party because it was, <laughs> there was literally no dancing, you, you know, and not that it had to be for it to be a party, but you know, I wouldn't call it a party. I would call it a get together, <laughs> a kickback. <laughs> but, um, so we were at this, uh, shindig and, um, Literally on the news behind us, you know, the TV was on, a bunch of the older uh, people were watching the news, and there was another mass shooting, of course, um, which is, it seems to be every day, and I, I think I told y'all in the last episode, I actually went to an, um, an active shooter drill, which wasn't really a drill, it was just like, you know, telling people, pay attention, and I've been saying that forever, excuse me, um, my headphones were, okay, this is correct now. My headphones kept slipping out, and I kept having to touch it, and I was being distracted a little bit. But, um, you know, that, that drill, like I said, it wasn't a drill. It was more like a, just an informational, you know, because I, you know, I, I still see people with headphones on in the stores and whatnot. And I really try to, you know, obviously you want to live your life. Obviously you want to. Just be free, but we're not there right now. That's not where we are in America. We're in a dangerous time. There's a lot of things being swept under the rug. There's a lot of people homegrown hate going on. And a lot of people uh, turning a blind eye to it. Um, this, this gunman that attacked on July 4th, you know, which again, you know, how, how, how do you live? As an American, how do you live in a world where these people are known? You know, this gunman, as the story came out, and I really wanted to come back um, earlier, but um, because last week I had said something about, um, you know, the abortions were going on, and then literally the next day after my episode came out, there was a, a, a white congresswoman who, who stood up behind Donald Trump and uh, let me see if I can get that up while I speak about it, who stood behind Donald Trump uh, at one of his uh, Klan rallies. And, um, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Legally, I shouldn't say that, right? It wasn't a Klan rally. It was a rally for um, America, for a better America or a new America, or whatever the hell they were talking about, um, who said, you know, the win on abortion, which is, is insane to me, um, the win on abortion is a win for white life. Um, which was very eerie to me because I had literally said 
a day before that when my episode came out, um, which I came, I think it came out, um, I forget which day, but uh, it came out and then um, here was this woman saying about white life and what, you know, what I was talking about, about a lot of these Republicans and people who feel as though, excuse me, uh, who feel as though, what is happening here? I apologize for that. Um, who feel as though there are not enough white people in America and that they are becoming a majority or a minority, which is not even true. Not even close to true. Um, it's really shameful what these people are being allowed to do. And it's really shameful that a lot of white people are acting as if there's no racism going on. I say, if you're going to be racist, just go ahead and be racist. Um, you know, don't, her name is apparently Congressman Miller, Congresswoman Miller. Um, so let's, uh, let's take a listen the to Trump that. headlines are rallied to support two Republican candidates ahead of Tuesday's primary. Comments made by one of them, Congresswoman Mary Miller, are drawing backlash. During last night's rally, Trump endorsed State Senator Darren Bailey in the six... And I just want to say, the backlash was literally like a day or two, not even at most two, not even a full 48 hours, which really bothered me. And in and, and doing this... Um, podcast. It kind of lets me release a lot of my pent-up issues with this country um, because these these people are now very brazen in what they say and how they say it and who they play to and how they're awakening a lot of subconscious racist people who don't say nigger, right? Because apparently you can only be racist if you say nigger. Um, a lot of these subconscious racists who have been asleep or been waiting for their great white hope to come. And here we are. Way GOP race for governor. He told the crowd at the Adams County Fair. And, and by the way, the name of the rally is Save America. And there's going to be a clip I'm going to play later on in the show um, with this, this old white dust tard, I'll say who's saying that uh, he doesn't know what happened to this country. It's just very laughable to me because, it's, again, it's not their country. They stole this country with rape, with torture, with pillaging people, and now they're trying to make it seem as if they are being beat down, they are the victims, of course, you know, always victiming or being victims, you know, to something that they lay claim over. They control everything. They control the house. You know, they, they control the, the government, <laughs> but they're such victims and they're saving America. And, and, and I really still bring up the white fragility of a lot of you out there who I don't understand how you complain or you say, you know, stop complaining, reparations, blah, blah, blah. My father had to da, 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 da. Your people are in control. If you're suffering out there, and your people are in control, why don't y'all go after those people? Why don't you go after those Congress people, those uh, governors, those mayors, who aren't making it better for white life? White life has been beaten down by corporations, which is why I continue to say, if we weren't worried about racism, if we weren't worried about separating people, 
we'd be able to take these people down. Because really, it's us against them. They only militarize racism and things of that nature by doing things like this. And you guys are stupid because they don't care about you. Donald Trump doesn't care about white people. Donald Trump cares about green people, right? He's been in bed with the Russians, which are a very huge threat to America for years. He's been in bed with China, as he says, you know, for years. So he gets on, on a stage that says, save America, and he doesn't care about America. The most bankrupt president ever, or the, the only uh, president who's ever been bankrupt. Quincy Bailey will restore the state to greatness. Trump also reiterated his support for Miller, who is facing five-term Congressman Rodney Davis in the newly redrawn 15th District. This is what Miller said about celebrating the overturning of Roe versus Wade. President Trump, on behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic... You hear, you hear the language, the MAGA patriots. The language is clear. And then and, and as I look at this clip, I literally see three black people standing behind these people. Or is there four? There's four. Four black people. And I, and I really want... You, as if you're a listener of this show, and you have black friends, Spanish friends, who still say, Trump, 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 you better be careful. Because they will turn on you in a second. If you can see and hear this clip and still be for Trump, as a black, as a Spanish, and as an Asian person, you are a threat to any one of us. Victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. There's Trump with his, his, his gooey face, his Play-Doh face, very happy, smiling. There's a, a moron, a black moron, standing in the back with Trump, uh, Miller, Congress, whatever the bull crap. I mean, how do you hear that as a black person and you really continue to cheer? There are black people out here who don't, who are not about Black Lives Matter. Those are the ones you watch for. Because we're in danger. We're being hunted down. We're in danger. He misspoke. He says that the congressional, uh, congresswoman rather intended to say the decision was a victory. Well, spokesperson says she misspoke. He says <laughs> life in the Supreme Court yesterday. She, by the way, I think they're going to try to clear this up. The, <laughs> I almost said the bitch. The bitch is reading. She's looking down and reading words. She never, she never tried to go back as, as uh, they're about to say she did or what she really meant. Because this is what they do. They say something, right? This is what we're talking about. We take this clip and that's what we run with. They post it all over those little message boards where all the little white uh, fragility uh, males and females are you know, on a dark web, ganging up together to, to take back America, save America, they never see that she then issued a statement that said she misspoke. They never ever see or hear that. Miller's spokesperson says she misspoke. He says the congressional, uh, congresswoman rather intended to say the decision was a victory for a 
right to life, not a victory for white life. How the hell you miss? How do you misspoke that? How do you misspeak that? Excuse me. And then how do you not clean it up right away? Because immediately, if you weren't saying that, you would say, "Excuse me, anything." If I were to say, "Black life, Black Lives Matter, and only Black life matters," right? You'd be paying attention and be like, what the hell? He's a racist, blah, 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 blah. This didn't happen. This story was out there for at least a day and then it went away. Um, why I brought that up, because I, I mean, that's the whole abortion thing, but why I brought it up is because we had another shooting where these white champions are here and I'm only talking about these white races who are ready to take back their country. I'm not talking about all white people. And if you're white and you listen to this show and you feel like I'm talking about all white people, then you're an idiot. I'm not going to sit here and defend myself because you know what the fuck I'm talking about. And if you try to just do something else with it, then you want it to because you won't face the fact that we have racists in this country trying to save it for white life. Now, if you if you listen to what they, you know, I'm gonna play another clip where they talk about um, how this guy was smart. Now, I, I do want to say that the guy was captured. This is uh, this. I'm playing this clip from July 4th. This is the day that it happened. Um, after there was a seventh person who died, and there was 30 people who were injured. Excuse me. Um, let's keep going with this. Just to, uh, I'm going to bring you all the way through. I want to get right to Rahima Ellis. She's been following all the news out of Chicago for us. Rahima, what more can you tell us? I think that what you just mentioned, Tom, is so important for people to know that there was a, a thought early on that this shooter may have been on the ground with those who were participating in the parade. And what we just heard now is brand new information coming from police that this shooter was coming, the shots were fired from an elevated position. Mm -hmm. So this person had a chance to just shoot down into the crowd. The other information that was updated that we from what we learned earlier about the number of people who were injured, six people dead, he said 24 others were seriously injured. What he did not tell us yet, however, we do not know, is the ages of those who are dead. All right, so I'm going to get into the next clip um, right away. Um, so like I said, this is a person who was able to get on top of a roof, right, which is probably if you are at war, if you are ready for battle or trying to get things together for battle, you do want to be on top of a roof. You do want to be have all your corners. Um, like I said, I'm very much uh, into the Second Amendment, which I guess was proved to not be what we think as the Second Amendment. Um, 
but I'm very much into, you know, the military kind of thing and, and whatnot. You know, I, I, I'm into it for different reasons. I'm not into it to kill innocent people. You know, if anything, I'm into it uh, to kill evil people. Um, you know, who, who want to come and storm us, the good people. Um, so, yeah, so there was a gunman back in uh, a few years ago in Vegas, if you, you can go back and look at that if you want, who rented a hotel room above a, 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 um, a concert in Vegas, and he killed, I believe, 70 people, something like that. Um, I really don't know the number right now, but I just remember that he did the same exact thing. You know, when you're high above, it's it's very easy to target people. Many people, if you go and, and seen the clip of uh, this Highland Park shooting, many of the people thought it was fireworks. Many people thought it was just, you know, the band being loud. You know, we really have to pay attention because these people are getting more and more dangerous. They're getting more and more tactical. Um, and the one thing I'll say is that People knew about this guy, right? Again, we have a time where people knew about the person and he still got to go and do what he always wanted. And by the way, he was arrested um, without being shot or killed like other people. Or, well, we'll get into that. stories that came out was uh, that there's a two-year-old boy now who's an orphan who, how terrible both of his parents were killed that day I'm telling you good must fight evil we are at a time where we must, oh and, and that was the thing about the party that I brought up because I brought up to these people as we were sitting there that everyone must learn how to use firearms in this country. This country is a very pro-gun country. So the good people, we need to start getting into firearms, just like the bad ones are. Because in times like this, we can't run and scream. We have to turn and fight. Because that's the only thing we can do at this point. These people are out of control. They know about these people. They've been, they, this guy was planning this for weeks. Okay? They have all these message boards and things that they know about. If you listen to the show, we've heard clips of that before. Where a gunman was planning it for weeks. They had had them on the radar. And then someone just dropped the ball. Okay? 
all of the people who died, their families should be able to sue, sue, sue. If you knew about this for weeks, if you knew a person like this was out there buying guns and you didn't take him down, you allowed it. You were complicit. state of the country. Mental health is not even being cared for. We're sending $1 billion to the, to the Ukraine and mental health is this? This is what this man has to think about? When he goes to put his daughter to sleep? That you didn't get killed by a gunman on July 4th. This is what he has to think about. And like he said, he can't even think about it. And he's a white man, you know, who's dealing with this. Like I said, not all white people are, are, are this. We have evil in this country. And it has to be rooted out. And you got to look up this guy. He's a, he's a, he, he looks, uh, this guy is a weird looking guy. I mean. He's a weird-looking guy. I mean, I don't, I don't try to be on somebody's looks, but holy shit. <laughs> I mean, he's a, this is the one you, you see him in a store. I'm looking at him the entire time. He's a strange-looking man. And then he dressed up in women's clothing to, to, to get through or get away. You know, this is what we're dealing with. And I, and I do want to say, I saw this, uh, uh, a clip of this, this uh, officer, Chris Cavelli. Um, I have a, a very large issue with these people uh, giving him pretty much a star on a walk of, uh, of Hollywood, you know, um, calling him Cremo. You know, I understand that's the man's last name. That's what, you know, his name is Cremo. But he's a suspect. He's a murderer. He's a suspect or he's a murderer. You can't call him a murderer because then, then you'll be uh, tainting the jury pool when it goes to, to trial. So you call him a suspect. You don't call him by his last name like he's Madonna, like he's Beyonce. You don't do that. Now you've got a bunch of other ones who are going to be watching and listening to this. And look, look, this is what they call him, Cremo. First of all, it's kind of a cool name. Isn't it? Let's be honest. It's a cool name. So now Cremo, you know, like he's a, a, a star of Grand Theft Auto, is the one we're looking at. And investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity and help him during the escape uh, with the other people who were fleeing the chaos. Police say he then walked to his mother's house and borrowed her car. Driving to Wisconsin 
coming back to Illinois. A resident spotted him in that car and called 911. Police taking him down. The car took to the police station today. A senior law enforcement official telling NBC News he purchased multiple weapons, including the high-powered rifle from the shooting, legally. He left that weapon at the scene. The ATF expedited a trace of it, connecting them to the suspect. The alleged shooter also appears to have a significant digital trail. NBC News has reviewed a YouTube page confirmed by law enforcement to be associated with Cremo. Performing as a rapper known as Awake, his recent music videos include tributes to mass murder. Wow. Wow. How the hell? See, this is what I'm talking about. How the hell do you, how do you, how do you, do you have this on YouTube? Right? Why is that on YouTube? Videos praising mass shootings? I mean, there are videos that get taken down that I put up that have, you know, just random songs in it and they go after. There's no way for YouTube to figure out that someone's highlighting mass shootings and being excited about it and, and, and posting about it and being a rapper that, that is celebrating mass shootings. I mean, there's nothing, look, look, you know, they're going to attack people who, who collect things. And, I, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't believe in that. I mean, I have a collection of knives, but I'm, I don't want to kill people. You know what I mean? I like the way they look. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that we should be, we should focus on people who do things like put up videos on YouTube where they celebrate mass shootings. That's who we look for. That's who you look for. You don't look for people who just have a bunch of guns. These people are hiding in plain sight and sometimes in women's clothing, apparently. This is where we are. Nothing wrong with that. Tonight, authorities have announced charges against the alleged shooter, charging him with seven counts of first-degree murder. It's not enough. Um, I don't think that um, they had the death penalty in Chicago. Um, what is this about? Let's see. The suspect, now the suspect here, Robert Cremo III, officially charged with seven counts of first-degree murder. There will be more charges, according to the local state's attorney's office there, Eric Reinhardt, who you heard from, likely attempted murder charges, etc. We should see the suspect now in court tomorrow morning. They're being asked that he's helped up the possibility of bail. Um, and if he does get bail, I'm sure the NRA will be uh, the ones to bail him out, allegedly. Um, here's a, a Fox News person um, linking the rise of mass murderers or mass shooters or active shooters uh, with marijuana, which, again, you know, now they're attacking marijuana. I, I mean, I, I smoke weed, and, and I haven't smoked weed in about uh, two weeks or so. Um, I've never smoked weed and been like, I want to kill or... 
I want to bang a hammer, you know, uh, or I want to trash things, ever. It's usually I, I want to sit down and eat something and watch something funny. You know, I don't, I don't get what is really going on where people want to blame things and blame things and blame things instead of actually talking about what really is going on. And they're all white. Look at them. Those in politics and in the media who devote their time and energy to fear-mongering on fake issues while covering up the truth about the growing scourge of violent psychosis in our young people, they have to be called out, they have to be defeated, and then the public has to be educated. And parents, this means you need to get into the game. This means you understand it. That this can happen to you, to your family, no matter how wealthy you are, how well-adjusted you are, how mature and together your children seem. No, the one thing is, you know, they always try to make it seem like black people are the ones smoking a lot of weed and going to jail for weed, which is true. We, we get arrested more for weed than any other group of people, even though the people who have the most amount of weed are usually white. Um... But we're not going out and doing all these active shootings, you know. We're not going out and making sure that America is terrified. These are people who plan these kind of things. Smoking weed has nothing to do with that at all. You know, so close down all the, 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 the white dispensaries that just closed, that opened up over the last few years. Close them all down. We'll see if that happens. It'll never happen. You'll never get rid of it. Not that it's legal in so many uh, places. But there is no connection to psychosis and weed. Can we just go by science? You know, that was a Fox News person who was trying to put more fear. You know, you hear her say about people talking about fake issues. I don't understand. I don't understand. There should be laws against what you can spread on national TV for 24 hours a day. Um, they're calling this uh, shooter uh, a calculated and smart person. Um, I don't know about he's smart. He's definitely calculated. So we want to bring uh, you some more analysis on this case in Illinois so far. Dr. Larry Barton is joining us now. He's a threat consultant, a professor of public safety at the University of Central Florida, and he teaches at the FBI Academy. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. So we are learning a lot more about the suspect in this case. Um, we learned that part of the way that he was able to get away is that he dressed up as a woman as he made his way through the crowd. He just blended in with his victims, essentially. What does that tell you? Well, first, about 73% of perpetrators of mass violence actually are very calculated. They prepare, they spend time, whether it's looking at the opportunity site, whether it's thinking about who the victims may be. So it says to me in terms of dressing in women's clothing is that this was a very calculated, smart mm -hmm. person. You know, you can be mentally ill and still be a person who is cognitive, who is smart, and who has pre-planned. And so what it really says to me is that this was not in any way something that was just on a, a whim, if you will. This was very pre-planned and quite conniving. And the police also say the suspect left his gun behind after the shooting. He had to know. He wanted to be caught. Why would he do that? 
You want to be caught? Well, because again, he's smart. Uh, a devious for sure, and a criminal for sure. But the suspect, by leaving his weapon, was able to also divert time because the police then go mm. and immediately seize that weapon and start to register it. Remember that this individual, the suspect, had purchased four weapons recently, mm. and in 2019 had attempted suicide and had attempted to murder his family. And yet, even after that, Wow. I mean, oh. If you are a victim of this shooting, and if any of your members were killed, he still was able to get a license after threatening to kill his family and almost killing himself. And posting videos online about being a fan of mass murders and mass shootings. I mean, these guys, they want, the, and that's why I have an issue with these guys calling him Cremo. You know, if, <laughs> I, I can't even not see some supremacists wearing a shirt that says Cremo on it now. And when you see that, what do you do? I think you call the cops. I think you call the FBI on them. I don't think you, I don't think at this point, any time, any further, that we don't report these things, that we don't report these people, because there's something in this country going on where these guys see other uh, murderers, and they're excited by it, they want to be a part of it, and they want to be a legend. That's the only thing that they can become, you know? He's a rapper who failed, a failing rapper. What else do you do? How do you, be, how do you become famous? Right? This is what they do. They're failing in life. The only way to become a star, like Kyle Rittenhouse, is to go get your rifles, come back, and murder people. Oh, terrible. All on July 4th. I mean, I don't think the day matters anymore. I mean, I don't celebrate that anyway because my people weren't free during that. I don't understand. I, I, I don't push anything on people. I can only say my opinion, but I don't push anything on people. And um, 
you know, I definitely didn't celebrate. I wasn't, I was just, I was, like I said, to um, just uh, inter, intermediate, not intermediate, I don't know the word I want to use, but the point is that um, the days are long and the days are short now. And um, I don't know where we're going. Uh, more horrible news that happened this um, over this this last uh, few weeks um, is the shooting of Jalen Walker, um, who was shot at ninety times by police officers and um, was hit sixty times. Um, for I have not really gotten into the story. I've only heard that little bit of it. Um, but I want to read first some of the comments that um, are down here. And these, these people are atrocious. Okay. This is sad for everyone. And I'm going to start reading quotes here. This is sad for everyone involved or affected. But this young man made a choice. He knew what he was doing. He's been stopped for traffic violations before without incident. Okay, so that means he didn't feel threatened, in my opinion. I, I, like I said, I still don't know about this story fully, and I'm going to watch this with you guys. Here's a, a person named Shane Ewing, or e, whatever, Ewing, Ewing, E-W-I-N-G. Justice for Jalen. Justice has already been served, and that has 51 likes. Uh, Appalachian Patriot. Here's these patriots. He was not unarmed. Comply and don't die. Again, they only like it when it's black people. A lot of these white people do not like police officers. I keep saying that. Thank you to the brave police officers protecting the community from violent lawbreakers like this. Walker had a gun. Walker fired. From that moment on, any irrational move meant death. He wasn't rational. Not police fault. Walker had negligent parents. Dude was wearing a ski mask at night and running away, so they had no idea what race the man was. And even if they did, how was firing twice at cops and fleeing not at least a bit of justification for what happened? Sadly, the actions that led to this tragedy get no attention. All right, let me read this. Here's another quote before I get into it. This guy probably wanted to die by police suicide. His fiance was killed last month. He shot at the police to let them know he had a gun, but left it unloaded with his engagement ring in the seat. Hmm. This guy is someone without a criminal record, by the way. I don't fault the cops, though. They were doing their jobs. They all knew this man had a gun, and they knew he shot it during the pursuit. I don't believe the man was trying to harm them, but the cops who were, the, but the cops who were just doing their jobs and had no way of knowing that. Um, Dakota Redden, Roden, always playing victims. I've been pulled over for many things and never tried to escape. It always got talked through like everything can be without escalating to this. Just Bob says, thank you officers for getting this violent criminal off the streets and protecting all law-abiding citizens. Now, I mean, there are people who are saying he doesn't have a criminal uh, history, but apparently getting this criminal off the streets. It's, it's, these are all white people who are just in these comments. These leftists want change. This is Carlos. You know, we, we know about the Spanish haters. 
tell them to stop committing crimes. They always ignore the crimes they committed to get them into the situation in the first place. He was in a high-speed chase. He was a criminal. He was a criminal. Thank you, officers, for keeping the street safe. Let's see. Now let's get to this story because we have to hear about uh, what actually happened so I can understand. Bart is live in downtown Akron tonight, Clay. Tracy and Rob, at this point, several streets in downtown Akron still blocked off at this point as we have seen protests throughout the day, including this one right over here, a mix between people and cars making their way through downtown. Again, we are hearing from a lot of people asking for change asking for accountability in light of the death of 25-year-old Jalen Walker. Their words echoing off the walls. Now, why I read those comments to you um, is because most of the people here protesting are black. Like I said, I have not heard this story in full, and I will be getting to the police uh, footage that was released. But I wanted to read those comments to show you the type of hatred that's really brewing in this country. It's a lot of hatred, and these white people love to say that we're just calling. Um, or some people said that we're just uh, always playing victims, like Dakota Roden said. Akron's institutions. Hundreds marched through downtown. Moments after police released officer-worn body camera video showing how 25-year-old Jalen Walker died at the end of a police pursuit Monday morning. We need to stand up and stick together and stop letting everything happen. I've known him all my life. Buttons adorned those who knew him best, like family friend Karen Ingram. It's like taboo, and every time you turn around, you see it on TV, you see it, but until it hits home, that's when it's so bad. Outside the Justice Center and City Hall, local leaders outlined steps that should be taken now that the community has seen what can happen after a traffic violation and equipment violation. They give it to be a part of the change. This father brought his family to witness what he hopes is more accountability. I mean, we look for answers with the video, and you still don't see any, any answers. There's no explanation for anything. Well, the aunt of Jalen Walker applauded the crowd for letting their words be what reverberated throughout the city. I thank you for peaceful protest and just protest. Don't show credibility if we don't do it right. We are still hearing there could be more protests coming after that video was released today. We will continue to keep... All right, the next thing I want to do is uh, get into the video, the actual body cam uh, video. But uh, just because... Anchor is letting me know that the maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes. Keep an eye on the clock. I'm going to take a break and then um, immediately re uh, let this uh, advertisement play. And um, then we're going to get back to the video. So give me a moment. All right. And we are back. Um, I don't know how much of this video I'm going to really get through or play for you. Um, but it is 18 minutes long, and I'm probably not gonna. I'm probably gonna skip through a few, a, a little bit of it. Um, let's get into it. And this is the Akron police police video of Jalen Walker's K 
killing, murder, I don't know what um, to really say first, but uh, I'm going to check it out. On Monday, June 27, 2022, at 1230 in the morning, Akron police officers attempted to stop a silver Buick on East Townage Avenue near Thayer Street. Officers informed dispatch that the reason for the stop was for a traffic violation as well as an equipment violation. The driver of the vehicle refused to stop, and officers initiated vehicle pursuit as the vehicle was nearing the East Townage Avenue entrance ramp to Route 8 southbound. Approximately 40 seconds after the driver of the vehicle fled from the attempted stop, a sound consistent with a gunshot can be heard on the body-worn cameras of the officers. Officers notified dispatch that a shot came out of the suspect's car door. Getting on to 8 South Talmadge. The reason for the stop is traffic. 21 shots fired. That vehicle just had a shot come out of its door. At the time of the sound, a flash of light can be seen along the driver's side of the suspect's vehicle. Which we don't see. Okay, here was a video of it. Okay. You see a shot. I I love you know, the thing is about this video, um how long did it take for well, first of all, first of all. It's very uh, astonishing to me when some of these videos come out. We we can have we have waited, I should say, for police uh, videos to come out of like Brianna Taylor, many others who were disarmed, who weren't in the wrong. But a video like this came out days after the shooting or after the, what happened. Um. And I just want to say about the ski mask thing, which I've talked about um, on another platform. Um, we are still in uh, COVID. We are still allowed to wear masks. We are allowed to wear those kind of things. Do not criminalize someone wearing a mask. Do not. Unless they are committing a crime, they can wear a ski mask, they can wear a pig mask, they can wear whatever the hell they want on their face. Um, even if, if it was a COVID, those things are allowed. Those things are allowed to be bought. There is not a time on the package that says where you can and can't wear this mask. So leave people alone on that shit. Because if you get on that, on that train, anyone in your family who dies because they're wearing a mask, any one of your friends who dies because they're wearing a mask, you are complicit.
employment of tasers was unsuccessful and the suspect continued to flee on foot. As the foot chase reached the nearby parking lot, the suspect stopped and quickly turned towards the pursuing officers. And this, this is just uh, photos at this point. They're not showing us the actual video. Officers They're trying to prove that he was a threat, but if you were shooting at him with tasers, I don't see how it escalated to then shooting at him 90 times and hitting him 60. Um, so it seems like he didn't have a gun when he got out of the car. All right. So like I said, I wanted to hear what some of these racist people were saying in the comments, because I know they were going to be racist, you know, telling people don't comply and don't die. Um, or that he may have died, wanted to die cop, uh, by suicide um, by a cop. So I'm trying to figure out where he was a threat. Or where, not that he wasn't a threat. I'm trying to figure out where you had to shoot him 60 times. This is when he's jumping out. So now they're showing the video. Alright, so he gets out. He's running now. Jesus Christ. You know what? The thing is, oh my God, this guy's on the floor right now. I want you to see this video. This guy's on the floor right now, and on that body cam camera that they decided to cut away from just now, there's an officer reloading a clip. Now, from what I see, there are about five officers who are running after him and now shooting. All the pop, pop, pop is what you hear is about five officers shooting. How many guns, how many magazines, how many bullets would it take to take out one person? Really, it could take one bullet, right? So they're trying to justify with this video. Actually, there's, there's about eight to, to, to nine officers shooting at him. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead at that point. So I guess that would be the um the, the ninety almost. If there's ninety officers or excuse me, nine officers shooting. There's a there's there's more than nine. Holy there's more than nine officers at this point chasing him.
Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I mean, there are no words. There are no words for that. I see everything. I see all sides of this, right? I do. I really do. He shot a gun from the, the car, but when he got out, he did not shoot. That's my thing. I'm not trying to justify what he did. I'm not trying to justify that he ran. But when he got out that car, he never pointed a gun. I can only imagine what he was thinking. Maybe he did want to die. They're saying that his fiance had died a month earlier. I don't know that for a fact. I do not know that. There's no news of that. Nothing I played said that. They did find a ring. Um, I just, I think that the only thing you could really say is it's an excessive use of force, um, which they would never go to jail for. They would never be terminated for. I don't think that anyone should be shot at that many times. I just don't. Um, you know, they're going to get away with this. They're going to get away with what happened here. Um, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing really I could really say more about this. Um, he did put himself in a position to be fired upon. But I keep talking about, and I've said several times, you know, why aren't these guys able to shoot at the leg and take someone down? It's easy to do. He was running away from you. Um, Could have shot him in the leg. Could have did something. But instead, every officer who was on scene open fire. I mean, if you want to talk about Crimeo, as they like to call him, you know, the new Madonna. He was not taken into custody um, dead. He's alive with his makeup on, with his female's clothing on. Unfortunately, Jalen Walker and his family will never have peace over this. You know, this is not like Sean Bell, you know, who was killed by police um, many years ago, who I talked about um, on his wedding night. Um, you know, he was unarmed. He wasn't, he wasn't doing what this guy was doing. There were 50 rounds shot uh, at Sean Bell. Um, yeah, there's nothing really more to say. I mean, it's a horrible thing that happened, and um, I just I just hope that we can go somewhere where deadly force is not the number one answer all the time, and that the people on the alleged right don't cheer this kind of stuff on. 
because it's not, it, you shouldn't be cheering murder on. You know, many of those people, they, they claim to be religious and I just don't know how you can be excited that someone who didn't hurt anybody was killed. You know, senselessly. I don't get it. Um, I do want to talk about something else now at this point because there's nothing else to really talk about. Um, what? Let me see. Let me see what they're saying here. Family attorney of Jalen Walker on the, on the next sets of police shooting cases. For the family of Jay Walker, of Jalen Walker, I should say, Bobby DiCello joins me live now for more on this. Uh, Bobby, thank you for being here. We saw you there with Jalen's sister. Uh, you know, first off, how is the family coping right now? Thank you for that question, Bob. Um, Mom is just now getting to a point where she doesn't, you know, wash her hands and fall to her knees screen cry through the day. Uh, his sister is, um, as you saw in the video, uh, very tearful, but is trying to support her mother as much as she can. Their home is a humble space where mostly now the lights are low and um, they watch TV and they're trying to kind of grapple with what's happened. Something to them that is absolutely incomprehensible and Jalen's family describes a peaceful person. We heard his sister say he had no criminal record, but the police are saying he fired a shot out of the car and that he may have been unarmed. He led police on this chase, and they did, you know, despite, uh, despite him being unarmed, they're saying they did find a gun in the car. So what's your response to all of that? My response to all of that is Mr. Cremo. Mr. Cremo, as your earlier taping just showed today, speak about it, boy. Showed, killed six people. And this is what I was just talking about just a second ago. In a mass shooting, and was surrounded by his car after he fled with officers who brought him to the ground and arrested him. My client fled on foot and was shot at over ninety times and hit over 60 times. Now, I have to remind everyone that my comments are not made because I want to divide us. We are all Americans. Mm. And as Americans, we have to remember that Jalen was our neighbor, our mm -hmm. brother, mm -hmm. our cousin, mm -hmm. our nephew, mm -hmm. the, guy, the kid who, who worked for DoorDash, wow. he worked for Amazon. He was not a criminal. He was not a thug. He was not someone who deserved any of what happened to him. Was he in some state of uh, unusual behavior? Of course he was. He wasn't behaving like his family had ever seen him behave before. He had never committed a crime before. And it is absolutely outrageous that people are going to look to some alleged flash taken from a camera off a freeway and look at some notion that this reason is reason enough to shoot at him over 90 times. Mm. Like that's, that's just not fair. Uh, you mentioned that you're suspicious of the gun placement in the photo that police released. Are you saying you don't think this was Jalen's gun? Do you have any reason to believe that? Well, here's what I know. I know the preliminary autopsy report specifies that the gun is found in the backseat. 
picture that you're showing right now is a picture of the gun on the front seat. Now, Jalen leaves the side door of his vehicle. As he's leaving the side door of the passenger side, excuse me, of his vehicle, as he's leaving the passenger side, if the gun is in the back seat, and as he is leaving the back seat, the, the, the side, he would have had to position all of these items, he would have had to reach into the back seat, position them, and make it look just like we see there. And so it raises many questions. So, uh, and, and one thing I'll say to that, and um, these police are very dangerous, and we try to really make police seem innocent. We've heard about ghost guns. I've been told about police having ghost guns. I, I mean, there's uh, plenty of stories you can hear about where um, there's a new show actually on HBO that just came out. I forget the name right now. I think it's it's about Baltimore, and it's a true story about how this cop called another cop to bring him a gun um, and place it on the scene. What this lawyer is saying is not something that's unfounded. What this lawyer is saying is not something that does not happen. But here we are. I mean, the one thing that they'll have to um, really show is if he had, um, I guess, I don't know how they're going to prove that or not, you know, the gunpowder that he allegedly fired the gun, you know, outside the window or whatever. It's such a weird thing that happened. If you see it, it's like there's a flash and then, you know, even that, like I said, that video that they put out, it's not a video to be put out to show exactly what happened. It's a video that they put out to defend the police. And um, I think that's the most dangerous thing. I really, I really believe that, that, that you work together to make sure it seems like the police did nothing wrong. Um, and again, no one should be shot at 60 times. No, no one should be shot at 90 times, over 90 times. What they did was practice shooting. What they did was go to the range. You know, there's, there's a story about police officers, and this is a recent story, who, uh, I forget what state, but were at, at the range, they actually, at the police private range, they had black men as the, the targets. You know, and I go to the range. All the targets I see are green people or, you know, just a figure or aliens or Bugs Bunny, whatever you want to put. But at this one, it was black men. I'm a black man. No one cares about what I feel about that. And it's, it's very strange to me that you, you think that I should hear this as a black male and not call it racist and not call it you know something that leads to more black men being killed they're not on our side and if you're white and you want to date black men you want to date black women you need to step up 
You want to be a part of our culture? You need to step up. You want to dance like us? You need to step up. You want to rap like us? You need to step up. Because without us, without black people in this world, you wouldn't have the things you have. You wouldn't have your, your macaroni and cheese that you go to Chick-fil-A to get. Because we are the ones who created that. You wouldn't have the dance moves. You wouldn't have the way people sing, like how Adele sings. You wouldn't have that. You wouldn't have some of the science uh, or, or inventions, peanut butter, that was created by black people. Bourbon. You wouldn't have all those things. And I'm looking at this man on my screen. And like he said, he was somebody's brother. He was someone's neighbor. He did uh, DoorDash. He delivered food to people probably that day. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Another terrible story that... Um, I don't think a lot of people know about or have heard about. Random story before I get into the next thing. Um, you know, I'm just really, why I'm even covering this is just to point out how there are people out in this country who are practicing evil at an all-time high. Um, 31 bodies were found at an Indiana funeral home. And then, and then last week, I think there were 40 bodies that were uh, inside of a, a, a truck. Uh, there were migrant workers who were coming from Mexico, I believe, and uh, over 40 to 50 people were found dead in the back of a truck, which I'm not going to cover that. Um, it's a horrible story. You know, I feel like uh, Joe Biden does have um, that on his head, too, you know. Whether you want to say, you know, he should close the borders or not, um, we have to figure out a way to bring those people into this country that helps this country. And I think I've talked about it, you know, that helps the infrastructure of this country. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, I think I've talked about that already. You can go back and, and hear that. But um, this story is just absolutely strange. Seven weeks after his service, the funeral home provided a number of excuses. We couldn't 
Right. She says she can't confirm it, but feels her son may be one of the bodies that was found. Mm. We trust these people in the hardest time of our lives, at least mm. for me. And to go and do that to somebody, I would never do that to somebody in life. And for them to take advantage of people, and especially to treat your loved ones the way that they did, it's not right. Mm-hmm. As of now, Major Parker says no one has been charged with a crime. He did add they have spoken with homeowner and Jeffersonville police as well as other entities are continuing to investigate. The big picture is to make sure that if there is a victim of this sort of a criminal uh, act that they do receive uh, justice and that they get closure. Police do ask that if you have entrusted a family member to the Lankford Funeral Home recently to reach out to the department and to the Clark County Coroner's Office. In Jeffersonville, Dakota Sherrick, WKRB I mean, I heard nothing about um... The people who own the funeral home being arrested or uh, or nothing. I heard that's what I I had played a little bit of this clip before, and that's why I wanted to really play it to, to hear if they were arrested. Um, nothing. I guess there's no law or. Or anything, you know, and this is why when it's my time, just put me in a bag, a decomposing bag that goes back into the ground and put, let me, you know, just go ahead. Um, that's sick. It's sick. 31 bodies. Who, who knows how long this was going on? You know, like this lady was saying, she doesn't even know if that's really her son in that, in that, that, that urn. It's just horrible. So many horrible things going on. Um, and really no relief. No mental health relief. What does that mom do? I mean, you, you, you're thinking that your son's in an urn, and then you hear that this happened, and you know that it took six to eight weeks to get you know, your son's remains. And, oh. Um, the next story I want to get into is uh, R. Kelly, who was uh, sentenced to 30 years in prison. Um, I think he actually sued the, the prison for uh, saying, they said that he was a suicide risk. And um, then he was uh, released off the watch uh, of suicide. But he sued and won because they had put out that he was a suicide risk. Um, and I want to talk about this because we're going to talk about a few things with this and um but we're going to start with R. Kelly. To 30 years in prison for his role in a decades-long underage sex trafficking ring. NBC News reporter Daniel Arkin is tracking this story for us. He joins us now. So, Daniel, talk to us about this sentence uh, that just came down and what led us up to this point. Good afternoon, Aaron. That's right. 30 years behind bars for R. Kelly. This is the culmination of one of the most spectacular downfalls in all of modern celebrity R. Kelly was one of the most popular and successful hip-hop artists of the 1990s and 2000s, produced a string of hits, but he was always trailed by very troubling accusations of sexual abuse. In 2019, the documentary series Surviving R. Kelly renewed the scrutiny on his past behavior, and last year he was finally put on trial. At the center of that case 
extremely disturbing allegations that he essentially led a criminal enterprise to groom young women and boys, abuse them. Women who testified described him as a relentless abuser, holding them captive, subjecting them to horrific, horrific behavior. He was convicted last September on all of the counts in that case. His sentencing had been delayed a few times. So today, this is the big moment. This, in the eyes of his accusers and all of his critics. And I talked about this already on the show. You know, there was not just women or young girls. There were young boys who R. Kelly has sexually assaulted, sexually molested, and were involving them in the sex trafficking. This is justice. He will spend presumably the next 30 years behind bars. You mentioned those accusers, Daniel. It was an emotional day in court, I understand. What have we heard from Kelly's victims today? A number of his victims testified in court, including a few who were identified there as Jane Doe's. This was incredibly difficult to hear and read. They described how R. Kelly's abuse essentially ripped them of all of their agency and self-worth. One woman described how she wanted to die, being essentially his prisoner. They described feeling humiliated and debased. He, according to these women, had absolutely no remorse about what he was doing to them over the years. And so it was important to hear again from the women, and I should say the accusers at the heart of this case. Right, not just women. I mean, sex trafficking is a real problem in this country. And that's why I wanted to cover this story, because there's another story I really wanted to just go into. And like I said, you know, we talk about women being sex trafficked, but young boys are really being sex trafficked as well. But I want to get into this story about these Texas parents who their daughter vanished while at an NBA game. Fifteen-year-old terrifying ordeal, police say, at the hands of human traffickers. Her parents sharing their story, hoping to help and warn others on how easy it is to become a victim in an exclusive interview with ESPN's Outside the Lines. It's a big game, but we're playing the Trailblazers. Our daughter, she loves going to the games. It was supposed to be a fun daddy-daughter night. Kyle Moritz taking his 15-year-old daughter to American Airlines Arena to watch a basketball game back in April. But after she didn't come back from the restroom around halftime, he started to worry and contacted security. How terrible. And she told me that they had video of our daughter walking into the Lexus parking garage with a guy. And they said, you need to go home and you need to file a report. Dallas police declined an interview request but referred to a Texas statute that says missing juveniles are runaways unless circumstances suggest they were abducted. Police saying a runaway report should be filed in the town where the juvenile lives. So Kyle Morris drove 30 miles home alone to... Oh my God. You know, I told, I think I said on this show that I'm an empath. 
a lot of these stories really, you know, that's why I tell you it's hard sometimes to talk about these things. You know, I could run a show where I talk about the real housewives, you know, that's one of my guilty pleasures, or, or I could, you know, talk about music or but these things are, are terrible, and um, I feel like they need more light. And um, to make someone get in their car and drive 30 miles back home to where he can, he knew he went there with his daughter. He knew something was wrong. And all we have are, you know, they're getting rid of abortion rights. There was a 10-year-old a girl who was raped by a, uh, like a, a family member who tried to get an abortion, and now she can't. That's another news story going around. They just act as if these young women, or young girls, excuse me, because they're not women, they're not men, just want to go and run away. And it's almost as if they're saying, like, hey, we don't know if she went to go be with someone. We don't know if he went to go be with someone. I'm telling you, my child is gone. And you tell me to go home and wait. You tell me to go home 30 miles away from where my child was and wait. Six days later. An investigator for the initiative found an online ad for sex with the Morris's daughter. When I saw this. Oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't recognize my daughter. The Morris's daughter was traced to a hotel in Oklahoma City. Within four hours, maybe, Oklahoma City police put together a sting operation. Arrests were made, but police did not find the Morris's daughter. However, three days later, an anonymous tip led police to her. The Morris's daughter was taken to a local hospital. Ten days after last seeing her, Kyle and Brooke Morris were finally reunited with their 15-year-old. As soon as I walked in the room, I was trying to be, trying to be strong for her. Mm. I was just able to just be her mom in that moment, and mm. that was that was kind of refreshing. I never, never would have thought something like this would happen. We just want to make sure people understand, one, that this, something like this can happen to anyone, mm. anywhere. Even if you don't think it's possible, it's possible, there's people out there that they want to make it happen. Right. It's truly frightening. Police made five arrests directly related to this case, and it remains under investigation. Authorities are still trying to identify the man seen in the security video walking out with the Morris's daughter from the arena. And a spokesperson Why at the seen the photo? Center and Dallas Maverick says they are glad the teen is now safe and wish her well on her road to recovery. And added, the American Airlines Center has no evidence that any trafficking group has been in the arena at any time, including with respect how do you, to the How do you release a statement like that? when the girl was at your arena and then she was trafficked. You have no evidence? What the fuck else do you need? 
Is that not evidence of trafficking or a, a trafficking group or a person? This is again where they're blaming the victim. The American Airlines Center has no evidence that any trafficking group has been in the arena at any time, including with respect to this incident. With respect? Bitch. I hope that father, you know, I, the only reason why I keep saying for people to sue people is because that's the only way this shit will stop is when money comes out of it. Because that's the only time things change is when money comes out of it. With respect to this incident, <laughs> oh, I mean, there was a, a story talking about how some of these hotels. Let me see if I can pull that up for y'all real quick. Um, you know, need to be doing more. I hope this is the one. Yeah, okay, this is the one I came up. It's eleven minutes long. I'm not gonna play the whole entire thing. Um. Okay, so the, the title of this, if you go back and, and, and go on YouTube and, and look, at, look at this, it's published on April 2nd, two, uh, 2022. Human trafficking generates about 100... <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I, I'm not laughing, trust me. I'm just exasperating. Human trafficking generates about $150 billion a year globally in illegal profit. Hotels and motels are a common venue for sex trafficking due to ease of access for buyers, ability to pay in cash, and maintain secrecy through finances, and lack of facility maintenance. What are uh, the major hotel chains doing, doing to curb human trafficking on their properties? I'd say nothing. In trafficking game, human trafficking is big business. It generates about $150 billion a year globally. Traffickers exploit a number of companies to carry out their deeds, banks to launder money, planes to transport victims, and social media platforms to lure prospects. But there's one major sector where traffickers tend to hide in plain sight, hotels. We know that sex trafficking takes place in hotels and hotel rooms. We also know that individuals working at hotels can be in situations of forced labor, and labor trafficking can take at any point in a hotel supply chain. Human trafficking is the use of force, fraud, or coercion to obtain some type of labor or commercial sex act. In the U.S., there were more than 10,000 reported cases of human trafficking in 2020, and 72% were related to sex trafficking. Large events like the Super Bowl are thought to bring a spike in sex trafficking mm -hmm. due to a high influx of visitors. Mm -hmm. The COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated this issue. Criminals are able to abuse new hotel technology like contactless check-in, making it more difficult mm. to spot signs of trafficking. All the while, waves of sex trafficking lawsuits continue to pile up against hotel chains. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to play the whole entire clip because um, it's pretty long and we've already talked about it for a while. Um, so that clip is called Why Hotels Like Marriott Have a Human Trafficking Problem. And I do implore you to go and watch it. Um... And if you pull up that clip, there's a, a whole bunch of, of videos on the side. The children groomed in Romania for UX, UK sex trade. 
inside the alleged sexual assault cover-up in Charlotte. There's so many videos to really go ahead and look at. Chilling new set, uh, look, chilling new look at sex trafficking uh, from seven years ago. You know, nothing's changed, and a, a lot of it, you know, you, I, I feel like politicians are involved. What are we gonna do? You see a, a place like American Airlines Arena saying there's no evidence that this happens here. How? Every time that they want to uh, play a story down, they just dismiss it. And we have evidence. Um, I do want to get into, um, because you know what they talked about in the last uh, moment or so, or minute or so, was about how um, when like the Super Bowl comes around and these major sports events come around, how there's a spike in children going missing. You know, a lot of them are black, Hispanic uh, children. And um, it's not getting better. Um, so I do want to talk, and I, I keep saying about men because they don't, or young boys, they don't really uh, report that men and young boys go missing um, a lot. And I, I think that we need to start paying attention because young boys don't just, you know, people do run away, but um, the disparities in media coverage of missing black men is really, it's, it's irrehensible. And I talked about Jelani Day on this show, and I'm so I'm sorry I'm getting a little flustered by that, um, because Jelani Day and, and that if you go back to that episode, I forget which episode it was, um, but that story really broke me down because he was found weeks later with no jaw. was found weeks later missing many of the fundamental parts that make your body go every day. Um, and they told his father that he is, quote, a grown man and he has the right 
that same treatment was not given to Gabby Petito, uh, and we, we, we have to get that equal treatment when it comes to our black men and boys missing. Just want to give you some numbers. You know, since I did that story, you mentioned the number 525 or 24, and about now it's about maybe 530, and we have 45 missing black men and boys alone here in New York State and in New Jersey as well. So it's a very widespread problem. It doesn't get enough media coverage uh, when it comes to our black men. Um, again, I apologize that this clip is so low. I'm not sure why it's so low. Um, but it's something we, we, we talk about and it goes away. You know, the news cycles are just horrendous. You know, there's 24 hours of news always cycling through. It's hard to keep focus on these things, but yeah, there's a huge disparity of when black men and black boys go missing. A story that's um, circling the social media, you know, is about, um, and, I, and, I, and I just want to, I'll connect the dots here, right? Is how, um, I told you I'm a, a real housewife, <laughs> uh, not fanatic, but like, uh, it's my guilty pleasure. Um, there was Erica Jane who cursed out Garcelle Bouvier's 14-year-old child. And a lot of people are really reacting because, you know, the way she cursed him out and he was doing nothing wrong. He was going to pick up flowers from a table. And she repeatedly said, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And um, it's just the treatment that black boys, you know, how we're treated. Um, around this country is just really, or black boys, how they're treated around this country. Because I was, you know, obviously a, a, a black boy at one point. And, you know, but I was always tall and I was always bigger. And I feel like when we're seen like that, we're seen as adults and we're seen as, you know, um, able to take care of ourselves. And, um, like, even one time I was approached by someone in a van, uh, like a work van, and I was very young. And I don't think that he thought I was young, this person. You know, I think he thought I was older, but then when he started talking to me, he, he could see that I was young. I was about 16, 17, I remember this story. And he was in a work van, you know, just coming up to me and trying to get me to go in the car and just, like, hang out. And you got to think about how many times does this happen, especially in a rural town or, you know, or a big city where you don't have anything to do and you get in that car and you go missing. I mean, it's just a, a terrible thought, and um, I think you really need to start treating our young black boys as boys. Stop telling them that they're, you know, they, they will become kings. They will, they are young kings and whatnot, but we need to stop trying to pretend as if they are invincible because they aren't. We're human beings. We're not invincible. Um. And I want to get into this other clip about this um, 
this 100-year-old U.S. veteran, how he breaks down, breaks down in tears at what America has become. This um, is Webflow Interactions. Excuse me. Ads, right? Not the ads that pay me. Well, I don't get paid yet for ads, but <laughs> I hope so one day. Um, and it, to me, it's just laughable to say, you know, something about uh, what America has become or not. If I wake up in the morning and see these plants out here and, they, and all those flowers that are in there and the green grass on the, on the ground, that's beautiful. Right. And people don't realize what they have. They bitch about it. And then nowadays, I am so upset that the things we did, the things we fought for, and the boys that died for, Um, there's a lot to unpack there, but, um, I mean, this country was never a country for all people. We know that, you know, is it, I don't know, I don't even know if you can say this is not what the country used to be. This country was founded with hate, rape, pillage, and murder. Um, so he's only talking about, you know, his, uh, his people, and you know, he is a white veteran. Um, a lot of black veterans from that time, they came back home and were treated like garbage. Um, there's, there's probably like, there's not two Americas, there's like seven Americas at this point, right? Because <laughs> if I play this next clip, um, which talks about how the hatred was real, 1957 footage surfaces of how black men were treated catching hell even in a nice three-piece suit there's no audio well there is audio but it's uh, just music but you see a, a, a man I'm going to describe this for you here's a man in a, a three-piece suit with a hat on being harassed kicked now by a bunch of white men pushed pushed again ran Ran down. When that man's sitting there crying about what America was, is he thinking about this? Does he even know? Well, does he care? Did he cry for that? 
you know, our young black boys, like I just was talking about, and why I wanted to play that clip about what this country was and it's not the way it used to be, it's, it's really just a dangerous place for anyone who isn't white. And unfortunately, there are white people who get caught in the crosshairs. But if you talk about like the Buffalo shooting where a guy traveled over 200 miles to go kill black people, this country, what, I mean, that was going on. They were bombing, you know, towns filled with black people for the last hundred years, sir. You know, there's a, a, a clip of a young boy who, uh, let me see if I can get this up here, who was held down by an off-duty cop um, try to hurry up and do this. I don't like to give y'all any kind of um, dead air. Here it is. Uh, a Chicago uh, PD officer pins 14-year-old boy to the ground with knee, claims he stole a bike. And then, that's what I typed in. Black boy held by cop says bike stolen. There's a clip right under it. Cops detain eight-year-old for shoplifting shop a bag of chips. You know, just the way Aurora police detain black family after mistaking their vehicle as stolen. Just the way of how we're treated differently is enough to say that this country was, I mean, if you want the country to go back to the way it was, then I know what you're saying. People who you hear saying, get off him, get off him. This is what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to you white people who were helping this young black boy going against the other type of white people. It's going to come down to only that. I keep saying, good must fight evil. Every day. We won't have a day off, ever. Because there's too much of it. I'm going to take a break only because, um, again, the maximum recording is at 60 minutes. Um, this is a long-ass show. <laughs> but luckily, I'm in a, a very relaxing state of a, a chair, uh, a very nice rocking chair um, with a heat pad behind my back. My neck is giving me some issues, but um, I'm here. I'm still with you. Hope you'll stay with me. I'll be right back. All right. I am back. Um, we have a few more things to cover. I think uh, we got three more stories to cover. So we're almost done, y'all. Uh, but I know you want to hear it. So I'm not apologizing at all. Um, one thing that we still are talking about is the, the war on women. I think I've said in another show. Do men hate women? Um, 
got a lot of feedback on that. Uh, that was I said that last year um, on the show, and then we had this uh, this whole overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, so one of the people that I, I really love in life, who's a conservative, is Anna Navarro. She's seen on the on the View. She has when you say conservative, I think it should be more about um, your morals or I don't know, I don't know. I, like I, I say I'm a, a conservative Democrat, or really I'm probably an independent. But um, you know I have certain values and things that I believe are should be upheld. And um, this is a, a CNN commentator challenge on her religion and abortion stance. And I think that I have not heard this in full. Um, I just heard a little of the start of it and. We really need to change. The only way we're going to change is if we stop letting the past dictate what our future is. And that, and that does not mean, you know, for everything. I'm really talking about these laws and these religions that are really holding us back from being united. Um, and the separation of church and state continues to break down. Um, just even today, I think I, I read something about how, what, what was it? Oh gosh, I talked about so many things. But um, how the Supreme Court is going to attack something else in the new Supreme Court with these current justices. They're ready to attack another uh, thing that stopped segregation, stopped our, our country from being divided. And, um, oh, it was about the, um, they're ready to attack the political um, or voting laws, that they're gearing up to attack the voting laws. And, and I do believe that when Trump runs again, um, we're going to have a hell of a fight. They've already attacked us on that. They already are making sure that, you know, you don't get water while waiting in lines. They're closing down certain voting um, areas where there's a lot of people of color who go to vote. They, they're making them drive very far to go and vote um, and attacking people who, who, who need wheelchairs and all of these things. So we're going down this rabbit hole. I keep saying it. Um, but here's this story. Let, let, me, let me get into that.
support life, uh, yet you're fine okay. with a woman's a decision to choose abortion. And look, there are okay. uh, let on let on in place to, to protect okay. uh, the, the mother okay. before, during, and after yep. the child. And I am not anybody to tell you what you need to do with your life or with your uterus. And because I have a family with a lot of special needs kids, I have a brother who's 57 and has the mental and motor skills of a one-year-old. Mm. And I know what that means financially, emotionally, mm. stop it we need to stop it that's why I say religion is going to be the downfall of this country they say that every 250 years an empire falls we're only four away we're four away I believe two or four away from uh, being 250 years from when America was put together as America we have Donald Trump on his way back we have the Supreme Court breaking down Roe versus Wade. We have congressmen who want to uh, bring back segregation. We have a Supreme Court who's ready to attack the voting rights of Americans as if 80 million people did not vote for Joe Biden. Like she said, the separation needs to be clear. The separation of church and state is a real thing and it's being battled. It's being battled and, it's, and religion is being used and weaponized to do so. I don't even know what to, to do or say. I mean, I use my voice to try to push these messages out. That's the only thing I really can do. You know, it's to make people aware. Because most of us are TikToking and, and, and dancing and learning the new dance craze, craze rather than writing to our senators, rather than uh, voting at all, because you're not political. We're going through a dark time. And evil, and I'm talking about people like this lady who's like, I don't understand how you could be a Catholic and say that you don't care about life. Anna put it in a way that you should always think about. There are people who are born with, with conditions that keep them to a one-year-old capacity. Then you expect a mother who can't even get goddamn formula to raise that child 
without any mental health issues on her. You don't care about, you don't care until they're born. Once they're born, you don't care. You stop caring. Service is being cut nationwide. Nationwide, services are being cut. Education is being cut. Well, we could send $1 billion to the goddamn Ukraine. Now, I don't mean damn them. I just mean to the goddamn. We're fighting battles that don't even matter. You have Macy Gray. Uh, I, I've never heard this yet, and I, I do want to hear exactly what she's saying so I can make my own judgment. But these inner battles that we have about who's this, who's that, who they want to be, and religion, and bringing religion into it, when we don't even care about science. Religion is a man-made construct. No God wrote the Bible. No God wrote um, the Quran. Not one. They put us on this earth to decide whether or not we're good or we're evil. And I really believe that when we go and it's our final time, these are the things that God is going to look at and decide what did you do while on earth? Did you preach hate? Did you push hate? Did you make people feel like they shouldn't even belong on earth? Is that what you did? Yeah, now I will come out and say right here, right now, I don't believe that if you were born a man, that you should compete in a, a woman's sport. I, I, I don't believe it. I'm, you know, whoever's listening and gets mad at that, I don't believe it. You are physically more capable than a, a natural. Do you say naturally born female? I don't know what to say on that. Okay, I'm saying it right now. I don't know how to convey that. But I don't believe that if you were born a man, you should be able to compete against women. And vice versa. Um, without every woman in that competition signing off and saying, I'm okay with it. And, and the, for the ones who say they're not, you shouldn't demonize them because men are stronger than women. So how do you, you know, how do you separate that? I don't think there's a way to, except for to call it what it is. Because what we're doing 
is creating another battle. Another battle that we really don't even need to be fucking partaking in. We don't need this. We got too much to fucking worry about. And I'm sorry for the double F word there. We have too much to worry about than whether you can go and swim in a pool and compete against cis women. We got gunmen on rooftops. We got our rights being taken away uh, for voting. We got women's rights being attacked on their uterus. This should not be a conversation. Is it a conversation? Sure. But as a trans person, I think you need to really think about that part of it. Is it really what you need? Is it really the battle that you want to start? Do you really need to compete against other women to make yourself feel more like a woman? No, you don't need it. Step aside. Create your own games. Just do it. That's not a battle that needs to be won. It just isn't. You're more stronger than a cis woman. You're faster than a cis woman. Cut it out. Like, like this man said, he's all about trans rights. I am too. I'm for the rights of anyone to be treated equally. Whether you want to be a man, whether you're, excuse me, whether you were born as a man, whether you feel inside you were born as a man or not, whether you were born as a female, or whether or not you feel like you were born a female or not. In the end, your DNA is able to, to completely do laps around the other. And I don't think it's a fair conversation. And I don't think it's an equal conversation when we talk about equality. I don't think that that should be a part of the conversation. And I, I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your frock doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You do what? I know that for a fact. Like, if you want me to call you a her, I will, because that's what you want. Right. That doesn't make you a woman, just because I call you a her. No, uh, I mean... I think I've said on this show that we are all creatures. I had a, one of the greatest teachings from someone who was a, a psychologist, um, and he taught at um, the school I was attending about what we are and who we are. You know, we're, we're forced into roles. We're forced into molds. And, um, you know, he just said that we're creatures. We're not man not women, we're creatures. But we've allowed these social constructs to really define who is who, what is what, and whatever, whatever. Then they break it down by economic, and then they break it down by race. They do all of it. And all it does is keep us distracted from being loving human beings. 
That's all it does. I'm going to say that I agree with her. You know, I really do. I'm a person who you've heard, if you listen to this, um, who, who fights for everyone. Fights for everyone to be treated equally. But I agree. I agree with her. And I don't think anyone should be attacking her for saying what she's saying. I think trans people need to come to a place where you understand what she is saying the change of becoming a, 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 from a girl to a woman, or from a girl to a lady, excuse me. Um, you know, that change, the menstrual cycles that they go through, the pain that they go through with having some of those menstrual cycles. And, you know, even like um, someone was talking, a lady was talking to me about her, her flow and how, you know, how it's very heavy and she's been going through that. You know, as a trans person, you can't, you can't, I, I guess you can talk about your hormones and what it is to be on those type of drugs that, that help you get to the state of where you need to be. But you can never, ever understand the pain of bleeding through your vagina since you were a very young girl and the pain of that. So I understand. And I think as if you're trans, you need to understand. Um, a person who is totally against equality, really. Um, Donald Trump, former president Donald Trump, is uh, is uh, still getting away from breaking one of the biggest laws, or getting away from uh, creating one of the biggest crimes that uh, we've ever seen on TV. Uh, the January 6th commission is still going on. Don't know how these people get away with it. They're allowed to, to roam the streets uh, and, and go and kill people on, on, from rooftops and, and travel 200 miles to cities where black people live and shoot and kill. Um, here's a little clip of... Uh, of a, a former White House aide who spoke about what happened inside the White House and what happened inside the Trump circle as he, uh, he aided uh, uh, over 10,000 people to go and attack our Capitol, uh, calling for the murder of Mike Pence, and um, they were going to kill Nancy Pelosi, all these kind of things that they said that they were going to do we heard on video that we've seen on video 
and um, Donald Trump was a part of that. I mean, like I said several times, even on this current episode, that they know about these things, right? They absolutely know that there is a large grouping of white supremacists that are trying to take back their country or save America. Like I said several times on this show, they knew that January 6th was going to happen. They knew that people were coming to the Capitol to come and take the election. They knew about it. So this is not shocking to me. You know, the only people who... You know, the Trump supporters are going to be like, oh, it's fake news, it's fake news, it's fake news, you know. They killed police officers that day. They swear they love the police. You know? This is where we are.
proud, so he did not want them to be going through the magnometer. He wanted to know that the Hebrews of God's proud pride still and was going to march with them to chapel because he knew they were not there for him and the target was the actual people at Congress. This is somebody laying out methodically, state of mind, premeditation. And blowing away the lies. <laughs> this is exactly what uh, Cremel did, right? The, the man at their lauding over who just shot up a bunch of people at July 4th Highland Park Festival for Independence Day. Um, this is the same thing that Cremo did. He waited, he plotted, and then he set the attack ablaze. A president. How he gets away with this, you know, how the same way how he got away with letting uh, your family members die from COVID. How he lied and said COVID wasn't a big deal. How he lied and acted like he didn't get a notice about it on January 3rd when they put the notice on his desk about COVID. And how he waited months to, to, to really put the country into a state where everyone was wearing masks and everyone was protected. This same man then committed one of the largest acts of treason I've ever seen. And the fact that they're changing history books now to re remove slavery and things from, from the history books, this is what we have. These people are dangerous. And you talk about spreading democracy. At this point, you can't call it democracy. You have to call it white supremacy. We are in danger of this man coming back and taking that house. Once he becomes president again, he will never leave office. They now have the Supreme Court. The last piece of the puzzle will be him going into the office again. You better work hard. Y'all better work hard. I'm not going to talk about that anymore because, uh, you know, his face alone just is vile screams of supremacy. A bankrupt president, a one-term president, an impeached president,
president. Disgrace. The last story I want to get into is um, something that I'm going to react to. Um, this video is called How France Still Controls Africa. Um, there's so many hands in, in, in the, the nation of Africa. And I, and I still say this, and I've said it several times, I don't know how Africa is so separated. Well, I do know how, because there's so many hands in, in, in Africa, you know, from the British to the Chinese um, to the French. You know, they've completely kept Africa separate from, from unifying. Many of you don't know that Africa is many countries put together. Um, it's not just Africa. It's just like, um, I shouldn't even say it's just like the United States because the United States, you know, we're all states, and, but we still have one federal law over us. Um, but Africa itself, um, there are 54 countries in Africa, according to the United Nations. And Africa has never been a united country. Um, okay. I just read something else that says Africa, Africa consists of 59 countries with a total land area of uh, 30 million kilometers, 12, 12 million square miles. It uh, inhabits 20% of the Earth's surface. Africa is really the biggest country in the world. But there are so many hands involved in it um, that it's led to where it is today. Poverty. Uh, technology is, is sparse, depending on the country of Africa. Um, I just want to get to this video. Let's see what they're talking about here. And this the is French by the Empire was one of the most powerful. Excuse me. This is by the Gravel Institute. So if you go and look this up, how France still controls Africa. At its height, it controlled almost ten percent of the world's land area. The French Empire was one of the most powerful in human history. At its height, it controlled almost ten percent of the world's land area from South. The country we today associate with baguettes and cinema was a dominant global power. And that was particularly true in Africa. France oversaw territories spanning 17 modern day nations from Morocco to the Congo. Under the banner of a civilizing mission, France oversaw brutal occupations that engorged the wealth of the empire and left a terrible legacy for ordinary Africans, marked by slavery, extraction, and murder. And today, France's empire in Africa is still around in a stream profitable and even more exploitative form. Let me explain. In the aftermath of the Second World War, there was a wave of decolonial movements sweeping across Africa and Asia, and the French, humiliated by their defeat and occupation at the hands of the Nazis, were eager to maintain their empire. So they responded to revolts in Algeria, Indochina, and Madagascar with brutal reprisals. Maintaining foreign holdings became increasingly difficult. By 1960, France if anything, this sounds like a democracy. 
This is what America pushes as democracy as they go around the world and take over things. It seems like they learned from the French that um, spreading your, your flag around was the best way to go. France was forced to grant independence to almost all its colonies. But something really important happened in Africa. Basically, the leadership of France decided to keep their empire in Western and Central Africa intact in everything but name. The plan was simple. When an African country gained its independence, it was made to sign a so-called cooperation agreement with France, which would outline the nature of the relations with its former. AKA, boy, you better do what we say even though you're free. Now, here's another thing. If you want to eat, then you better do what we say. Allow France to maintain full troops in their territory indefinitely. And, most importantly, keep these countries' currencies linked to France's currency. Sounds like democracy. The franc. Instead of having their own currency, they were to use the franc of the financial community of Africa, what is now called the CFA franc. The French framed these cooperation agreements as a choice, but they were also clear about the leader of Guinea, a socialist named Sekou Toure, rejected the cooperation agreement with France and declared that he preferred to be poor in freedom than rich in slavery, right. the French government decided to make an example. Mm. They cut all foreign aid to Guinea and did everything they could to destabilize the government. They launched a secret campaign to print fake Guinean banknotes and flood the country with them. One French spy later bragged, the operation was a total success. Guinea's economy, already very weak, never fully the French said that these countries existed within the so-called French community, but the policy would come to be known more widely as France Afrique. It was about having the former colonies in a position that was maximally advantageous to French interests. Many of the first generation of post-colonial leaders in former French colonies had essentially been installed by the French. They spoke French, had spent time in France, and were well integrated with French elites. Jacques Foucault, a French diplomat, oversaw French relations with Africa for almost 30 years built a huge web of client relationships mm. with African leaders, using corruption and covert operations to make them loyal supporters. When local political orders were threatened, the French weren't afraid to protect their handpicked dictators. Since 1960, France has invaded Africa more than 50 times. Wow. I never knew that. I bet you never knew that. Like I said, the hands in Africa, the many hands, is why Africa is where it is. You see these give a Santa Day kind of bullshit commercials. They're not talking about how these countries have come into Africa and depleted its resources. Look at the Central African country of Gabon, for example. Gabon is particularly important to France because it has a huge supply of oil and an even bigger supply of uranium. Among the African colonies, Gabon was historically one of the very closest to in 1967, a man named Omar Bongo became Gabon's president, soon turning the country into a one-party dictatorship. And Bongo was intimate with France. He'd been appointed after flying to Paris for what was basically a job interview with him. And a lot of people will come and say, you know, more black people uh, were involved with slavery than, you know, what we think and, and, and whatnot, and, and, and try to make it seem as if black people or complicit with slavery, or as in this case, you know, here's a, a black person leading the country. That's why I said earlier, 
you got to watch out for people who support black people who support Trump. Because those are the type of people who will get into office and just be a lapdog, be the head, the face, you know, of the black face. But really, their strings are being pulled by racism. subsidized Gabon's budget, especially the parts that flowed into the pockets of Omar Bongo and his family. At one point, Bongo was worth over $130 million. Gabon, meanwhile, remained poor and underdeveloped. Under Bongo, it had one of the highest infant mortality rates in the world. Instead of investing in the Gabonese economy, Bongo spent state funds on influencing French politics in his favor, bankrolling the campaigns of central future French presidents. Even today, said this about uh, white fragility and in, in, in slavery in this country, you know, and, and you'll hear like white people say, well, my daddy, he didn't have this. He worked all his life and blah, blah, blah. My mama, you didn't have your legs and your arms tied behind your back when you started the race. Your daddy who failed was a failure, not because of black people. Right? Black people had to have their arms and their legs tied behind their back. And when it was time to race, three, two, one, you sprinted. And then you look back and said, well, why can't that man get up and run a race like me? You say it with no regard to the history. You have a country who can't even export its food in, 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 in a way to build money and, and build the, the country up. And you expect them to rise. You say, look at those mongrels and look at those savages. They can't even get, they can't even get this. They can't even get that. It's the hands, the hands that are around the throat of Africa. The hands that are around the throat of black Americans. 
It's the same thing every time when it involves black people. There is some dominant hand and a whole lot of death. And this is what they do to make it seem like, you know, not all black people are suffering, not all of Africa is suffering. Look at these billionaires, look at these millionaires from Africa, look at, you know, look at these LeBron Jameses and the rappers, you know, of America who have all this bling, you know, this is all they spend their money on. But they do that as a construct to, to make people believe that there is no suffrage. That if we are suffering, we're doing it because we want to, or we're not capable of, or we don't have the enthusiasm to rise above. All the while having our hands and our legs tied behind our back. Dollars. And elites in France get a great deal too. They enjoy cheap access to natural resources and kick back some shady business deals. A French billionaire named Vincent Bolloré now owns most of the major ports across West Africa. France, Bolloré is known as the, quote, king of Africa. <laughs> so French colonialism in Africa has never really ended. This is why academics use the term neocolonialism. Even as the branding of empire has faded away, the structures of economic extraction have only grown stronger. This neocolonialism is actually a much more efficient form of exploitation than the colonialism of the past. The French no longer pretend to care about building functional governments or improving local living standards. It's pure extraction. AKA, take, take, take. These are not underdeveloped. They're overexploited. Hmm. France is almost totally reliant on its influence in Africa for its economic power. In the words of Italy's foreign minister, if France didn't have its African colonies, because that's what they should be called, it would be the 15th largest world economy. Instead, it's among the first, exactly because of what it's doing in Africa. And the French know this. Francois Mitterrand, said it himself. Without Africa, he declared, France will have no history in the 21st century. Today, of course, France faces competition from China within Africa and new challenges to the colonial symbolism of the CFA France. They bring up China. I know my stuff now. I don't just get on here and talk. I know my stuff. These people have been invading this country for years. Hundreds and hundreds of years. They, what they've done to Africa and what they've done to the black people around the world is evident. There are plans to change the currency's name and abandon the most overt symbols of the colonial past to make it look like the system is more African than French. But France has no intention of actually abandoning a system of extraction that has made it one of the richest. 
whether the next generation of Africans will allow it to continue. And that's my thing when, especially um, black people love to go to Paris and be at the Eiffel Tower. I don't want to go to no damn France. I don't want to go to a lot of these countries because of what they've done, because of what they do, not just done, do. They're still living off of Africa. They're still not giving the people of Africa a chance. They're still not giving black people a chance to actually win, to actually be on the same level. They will never do that. All right, so that's the end of that. Um, so like I said, I mean, I, I spoke the most through that. And you have my feelings on it. If you've ever wondered why Africa is the way it is, you have to understand. We as black Americans and, and Africans who come here, we have the same story, the same exact story. We've been raped, pillaged, and taken advantage of, exploited. The only way it'll stop is if we disappear or stop showing up. Stop giving them all of us. They take our resources, they take our styles, they take our food, they take everything. And act as if we've been at the same level for this race. You can't win a race when racism is the referee. And with that, no further questions. I'll see you next time.